Oh, hello, we're back again. It's yet another episode of the Josh Potter Show. I am Josh Potter, of course. Hello to all my little roaches out there. What a nice, soft little holiday sort of song today from DJ Everyday. Thank you for sending that in. Show at gmail.com is where you can send in everything, whether it be an article that you want me to go over here on the show, a roach reporting the way so many have, Justin M and many others, many competing for the Rochi Award of Reporter of the Year, the coveted Rochi Award. And we're going to have the Rochis, by the way, coming up at uh, the end of the year, right between Christmas and New Year's, the second annual Rochis. And this time, you get to have a say in it, my friends. Right down in the description, no matter what you're listening on, whether it be audio or video, in the description of what you're listening on, you'll find a link. And in there, you'll be able to vote for your favorites on who you want to see awarded Orochi this season. So please to be voting over the course of the next couple of days and weeks, and we will have the Rochis at the end of the year. I'm so excited for it. And also, I want to let you know, uh, you can go over to my Instagram at Josh underscore Potter or on my Twitter at J underscore Potter. There you'll find links to everything uh, in the Roach universe, including tickets to go see me live. December 22nd, 23rd, Helium Comedy Club, Buffalo, New York. Excited to announce toward the end of the year some dates in 2023 as well. If there's been places you've been pining for me to come to, I'd imagine I'm going to get them covered in the new year. I'm very excited. But let us continue on. I want to uh, uh, start things off by thanking Tom Segura for a very epic week on the road. I mean, an unbelievable week. That man is touring more than any band, any performer, I think, ever. I think if you really compare the domestic tour that he has been on and and the European one that he's about to go on and Asia, wherever ever else he's going, he's literally coming everywhere and uh, has come everywhere. And being in Florida from Sunday until Sunday, we did about nine shows, the only night off Thanksgiving. It was crazy. I can't believe he I can't believe he's still alive, quite frankly. But thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. And while I was there, many people hitting me up about uh, a video. Can you pull up Tom's Instagram for me in a in a new uh, thing there? I uh, you know, on the road, you, you get into some with the guys, you get into some uh, what's the word shenanigans, things like that, you know. And uh, we were in, where the hell were we? One of the fucking cities, shit. God, we were in Fort Myers, and then what was the second place? Lakeland. Lakeland, Florida. Ever heard of it? No, not, no one has. And I mean, hey, had a great time there. Don't get me wrong. I love cities I've never heard of before. I get excited about going to a new place. Lakeland, though, is, I mean, all the places in Florida. Florida is a jungle. It's weird, because here in L.A., you know, it's beautiful weather, they say. And we are a desert. Florida is a jungle and there's fucking alligators and there are bugs and just it is the Amazon. I don't know how people endure it. I really don't like just for the heat. You just want the heat. You're willing to live in Jumanji essentially uh, for the sunshine. It's very strange to me. There was a uh, across from the venue. They go, oh, there's an alligator over there. 
and I go, what? I'm so I'm like so curious. They're like, you can't see it or anything now, but we saw it earlier. And uh, the, the locals were telling us it killed two people. <laughs> the alligator's a friggin' murderer. That's nuts. It killed two people. I go, how isn't it dead yet? If a dog bit a person, it gets put down immediately, yet this alligator's just allowed to roam free after murdering two people. And then one of the people told me, they go, well, they were homeless. <laughs> Rob's not like, yeah, of course. So I th- I said, I go, oh, I see why he's still alive. He's doing a public service. <laughs> that fucking alligator's going to get nominated mayor. <laughs> You want the homeless problem cleaned up? I said, bring some alligators over here to L.A. We'll get them cleaned up real quick. Holy shit. Put some in downtown. I don't I wouldn't mind it having them there. But, yeah, I mean, it's just like there's animals. And so we're in the bowels of this theater. You know, these theaters, some of them are old, some of them are new. This one happened to be where the Lakeland Magic play. Uh, it is the Lakeland Magic, I believe, a G or D League team to the Orlando Magic, of course. So uh, it was relatively new. But so... We walk in, and I'm in the hallway, and there's, like, one fly strip above one of the dressing rooms. Not my dressing room, not Tom's dressing room, just, like, one of the ancillary ones. Just a fly, single fly strip. And attached to it is, like, a cartoon-shaped bug. It looks insane. It is a dragonfly, but a cartoon of, like, one that you would draw or see in a fucking comic book i mean it is huge it's literally this big and it's got a huge tail and the wingspan is like this on it so i saw this thing i go that's fake right and the people are like no those things fly around here all the time I'm like they're just flying around in here are you fucking kidding me and i was like nah take that shit out of here get that fly like why did it go to the fly strip by the way of all places so weird are they attracted to those things do they go like ooh, food or something and just fly into the fly strip i don't know But then there was another one that, like, dive-bombed into the ceiling. So I saw two of them, and I'm like, those are real? I thought somebody just put, like, a plastic child's toy in there. So I'm freaking out about this. I'm, like, I'm looking around, like, every room I go into. I'm looking at the ceiling. I'm trying to make sure these fucking winged terrors aren't flying around above me anywhere. And uh, I'm like, no, they're not real. I'm contesting their realness. And... Everyone else seems to be just fine with their existence, these bugs. And they're, like, taking them down off the thing and, like, looking at them. They're like, no, this is real. And then they start, like, chasing me with them and shit. And I'm just, like, so creeped out by these fucking bugs. And so I'm, like, get the I, I say, like, I don't want to look at them or whatever. And they're, like, cha- uh, finally they stop fucking chasing me around with them. And then I, uh, you know, I take a shower or something in the back and I come out and I look and I notice that the one is missing. And I said to Tom, I go... Where's that? Where's the corpse of that other one? I want it all accounted for. Because if I find out one of you fuckers put it in my bag or something, I am going to dece- I'm just going to become deceased. I'm going to cease to live. Like, I will die. If I'm like rummaging through my bag and that thing is in there, I will jump out of my skin and die. And they were laughing and shit. And then evidently, when I did that, I gave them an idea. And uh, this is what ensued. Can you click on the video to the right there on the top that has me in it? So we're at dinner here. A beer? Beer, yeah. I have no idea that they're filming me and shit. Kier doesn't even leave the room. He just does a loop-de-loop and comes right back. I don't even notice. And there it is. 
like, why is the I am dying. I'm about to puke. Can you pause it? So I'm right there. I'm like legitimately holding back vomit because, you know, you get these things, these food things, and, you know, they're all steamy from the food being in them. So I couldn't. And I'm blind for the record. (laughs) So I can't see through the clear lid. And I take like the one that has like my steak in it off. And I'm like, oh, this must be like the sides or something. And I'm touching this thing and it's so light. It feels empty. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I literally open it and it's two dragon the two dragonflies are in there and i i'm real close to it obviously because i'm blind and i'm looking at my shit as you could see in that video and i'm like oh god and i swear to god i mean i kind if i knew they were filming i probably would have just let myself vomit all over tom's food but i had no idea what was going on and so i had to like get up and go like go outside and smoke a cigarette to like not throw up basically or get the v- mental image out of my mind if you uh take if you go off that video and go to the pictures that are in the post right there you'll see the flies themselves have you seen the flies kirsten i mean no oops there you go scroll over on the right there so keep going keep going to the end the flies are these are just there they are Ugh. And they put them both in there. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then, like, I come back to eat. And they're just sitting on the side. Everyone's eating. I'm like, you guys can just eat with these things here? What if they become reanimated and just take off? Like, look at those fucking things. Oh, my God. You know what the funniest thing about this whole thing? Like, obviously, I was just uh, and it's so funny. And I'm, like, not mad about it. Like, they were actually, there were people, like, on the tour, you know, the, the guys that are on the road with Tom, you know, the security people or the tour people. And they're like, oh, man, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was funny. It's okay. They're like, they're like, oh, it's, you know, I, I'm really sorry we did that. And I'm like, it's totally cool. <laughs> I'm not, like, upset whatsoever. And if it made Tom laugh, then so be it. I'm fine with it. And uh, but the other the funniest reaction was people DMing me because obviously Tom has like what one point two million followers on his Instagram or something, so people are DMing me people that maybe don't know who I am or what have you, and they're like that wasn't funny at all, that wasn't even close to funny. Why? And I'm like I didn't do it. <laughs> I, that was literally <laughs> just me just sitting there about to eat dinner. All right, <laughs> like it's just such a funny thing to get mad at me for like being unfunny in that moment. But that was such a fun fucking tour. I gotta say, and thank you to Tom's family for having me for Thanksgiving, and I got to see Christina, and uh, I can't wait because also I'm gonna be down with them in Austin in the next couple of weeks. What is uh, this? Today's date's the 29th. So in just a few days, the 9th of December is your mom's house live, and I'll be hosting the VIP pre-show. And uh, people who have already signed up for that or bought that access have gotten their survival kits. And in it is like a flask, a puke bag, all kinds of stuff, merch, merched out, like a package of merch. And I'm certain you can still get tickets for it, but I'm not sure how that works with the survival kit. But go over to ymhstudios.com and you'll find uh, links to all that if you want to get involved. And I'm excited to see them again in the next couple of days days but now that we're out of the old nice boy clock let's get to a real this might be we can bring back queef of the week for this queef of the week oops i hit two of them there and it worked out the queef of the week this week is 
none other than Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. And that'll take us into the sports, too. Now, this happened a couple of weeks ago, so it's not exactly new, uh, but I I didn't have time to get to it with Justin Martindale last week, and uh, I wanted to talk about it still because a clip that kind of went a little viral was me talking about Jeff Saturday and how all the head coaches, of course, we showed Bill Cowher being absolutely precious about his profession, acting like he was a firefighter or a heart surgeon or something of just monumental valor, you know? But he's a fucking football coach at the end of the day. And I compared it to comedians and how people in my business oftentimes are very precious about their uh, career and about their profession and how someone comes along and is like a seemingly a hobbyist and then they shoot up the ladder and people get all like, mm, this is taking away from me. And that's how these coaches are being too. It's like at the end of the day, you have a sick job and I know there's only 32 of them in the National Football League. But at the end of the day, to be a coach, it's a lot of hard work, sure. But there's also a lot of money involved. And really, what are we talking about? What are the consequences? Oh, you lose? And then you, like, maybe get fired or whatever. But you're making a bazillion dollars. And so Nick Sirianni was the most recent to pile on Jeff Saturday, who now I believe is one and one because he did lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles are being touted as Super Bowl favorites. They've only lost one game. And they played against Jeff Saturday in his second game as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and only beat him by one point. It was like kind of a sweat for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are supposed to be so good. And Jeff Saturday, who's just waltzing in with no experience, almost beat the best team in the league. So here's Nick Sirianni after the game discussing beating Jeff Saturday. And he decides to throw in his two cents about how he feels about Jeff Saturday being a head coach. I'm emotional because I, I love Frank Reich. I, I really do. And he's, a, he's one of the best damn football coaches I've ever been around. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I was hoping that, that him and I would be able to coach against each other uh, in this game. But he, he is one of, he, he's my, one of my biggest mentors. I got my dad. I got Larry Karras. And, and I got Frank Reich. And Frank's such a good football coach. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to know what I think uh, of if you should be here or not, but because uh, you guys can probably imagine what I really think. Um, and uh, I love them. And uh, so I got a little bit emotional about that. And it was good to see the guys that I really cared about and some of the, the, the things that, you know, Quentin Nelson and, and Ryan Kelly and Paris Campbell, I got to talk to them after the game and Kenny Moore. Um, so, you know, that, that means a lot when they say some, some things that are obviously I keep those things to myself. But what? I spent a lot of time here. My kids, a couple Pause of my it real shop, quick. I didn't even notice that part when I first watched this because they didn't show that on. I watched this on Good Morning Football like a thousand times and they took that part out. What a piece of shit. Okay, I get it. You love Frank Reich. He's a mentor of yours. You wanted to coach against him. You could have left it at that. You could have just been like, that would have been cool. Obviously, the circumstances uh, didn't yield that result. And that's disappointing to me because I wanted to coach against a guy that helped my career quite a bit. That part is fine. But then you got to be like, and I got my fucking opinions on whether or not I think this is a good idea. And then he says he talked with players on the Indianapolis Colts who are playing for Jeff Saturday 
And he says, like, they're shitting on Jeff Sessions. You don't just say that in the press. That's fucked up. Now Paris Campbell has to go into work the next day and be like, I didn't say anything bad. Like, now he has to play that fucking game. Like, what an asshole to throw them under the bus. Oh, I'll keep it to myself. That doesn't do anything for anybody. You still threw him under the bus, you fucking asshole. So keep going. Children was born here, and it's uh, it was sweet to come here, especially with what happened in this organization in the last couple weeks, and, and, and get the win. The win. We live in Indianapolis with a win. By one point, you fucking queef. One fucking point, you almost lost to an amateur or who you deem as an amateur. Now, as we tape this, Monday Night Football is about to begin with Jeff Saturday in his third game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He might come out on top of that game. I don't know how that's going to play out, and I could look like a fool tomorrow when he's 1-2 and two by saying that. He might get squashed. I don't fucking know because it's happening as we speak right now. But no matter what happens, I hope the biggest— I want Jeff Saturday— I'm done like thinking he's a babysitter for eight weeks and then they're going to hire someone next season— I want Jim Irsay just to give him the job now at this point, just to piss off all these fucking highfalutin queefs. And thank you to uh, Jeff uh, Sversky for sending me the full-length video there because uh, – or is that the guy whose Twitter that is? That's a Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a Roach reporter. But, hey, it's a real reporter. He might be a Roach reporter. I don't know. Uh, but elsewhere in sports, let's get to a little bit of a lighter story that's more fun. Did you know – that the Pippin Jordan duo is reunited. Oh my lord! You know, of course, back in the day, I don't even know much about basketball. It's my distant fourth, of course, when it comes to the four American sports. But Pippin Jordan was my childhood. Kirsten, you're a Bulls fan. I mean, Pippin Jordan, biggest deal in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you excited about the new reunion? Well, if you don't know what I'm talking about as far as them getting back together, it's not Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. It is Larsa Pippen, who we've talked about on this program before, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, who just is going around and fucking everybody. I mean everybody. To the point where she's run out of people and she's moved on to... Michael Jordan's son, Michael Jordan Jr. Michael Jordan Jr. is fucking Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. What a world, folks. Is this a video of it? I think so, yeah. Let's see. I think this is just them together. Hey, Laura, that's what you're doing? You with the boy Mike, son? You a cold motherfucker, ain't you? You cold as a motherfucker, homie. You're as cold as a motherfucker. It's true. God bless that fucking guy for going up to him and saying something. They didn't even react. They're like, yeah, well, we're going to get that. You're the fifth guy to come up to us today, to be quite honest. What a move. I always kind of have that fear about a woman that I've, I mean, I've never had it happen to me. Thank God. But boy, oh boy, would it gnaw inside of me. I don't have a son out there. Uh, I guess uh, I guess it could be a friend's son, but they're all too young at this point. But boy, oh boy, just like like a girl I recently was talking to and had a little thing with. We had, you know, we broke up or whatever or, or no longer uh, communicating or canoodling. My biggest fear was she's just going to go fuck one of my friends. Like I had a huge fear and I don't even know why. It's just because I liked her so much. But Scottie Pippen was married to this woman. Scottie Pippen's son, who is in college basketball and pretty prominent in it, I do believe, if I am not mistaken. He probably knows Michael Jordan's son. 
You know what I'm saying? They played together as kids. They probably, and she probably saw Michael Jordan's kid grow up. That's fucking weird to be like, I remember when you were in diapers. Now I want to suck your dick. What a psychopath Larsa Pippen is. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, Peter Burns White. Oh, we have a we have an interesting uh, broadcast video too. I was I almost forgot about this, and I don't know who these folks are, for the most part. But they're doing a panel, and this is a fun broadcasting video. They're doing a panel for a halftime report for a college football game, and Ben Watson evidently uh, gets a little upset with a wife joke made. About his wife. See, all the guys are wearing the same color suit here, except for Ben Watson. And so they make a little uh, jab about that. Ben Watson goes, my, as long as my wife likes it, it's fine by me. And then, well, evidently, uh, Peter Burns made a comment about his wife. Let's give it a listen. 520. By the way, did you not get the memo on the suits? We all went dark today. You were, you're like Easter yeah, service. Y'all kind of leave me out. As long as I get the text from my wife that says I look good. Oh, really? Right, so send me the text, babe. Send me the text. <laughs> it's not the one she sent me. Is this pause? <laughs> okay, cool. So he made a little joke. That's funny. I mean, that's a little, that's not, that's not what your wife sent me. <laughs> and everyone laughed and he goes, I love TV. I'm, and you can't see it because they're showing highlights over it. So you can't really see like his face right now or anything like that. And so you think it's just a funny little, like these guys work together all of the time. <laughs> you would think they would know each other's senses of humor. Well, evidently it was a little line that was crossed with uh, Ben Watson that uh, you can't cross. So let's see what, let's see the doubt, the uh, fallout from it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Farm Rich Halftime Report. Uh, just Pause it real quick. For those listening at home, there's two empty seats at the table now as they've come back from break. And Ben Watson and Peter Burns are gone. And uh, so obviously, you know, Peter Burns made the joke. Ben Watson left the set. Peter Burns probably went after him to... You know, go like, what are you upset about? Blah, blah, blah. Let's see how the other two folks on this broadcast address it. I'm not sure what happened to uh, Peter Burns or... Oh, he's coming back. Did you uh, did you have him keep your wife's name out of his mouth? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how Peter Burns is uh, with that smart mouth in the second <laughs> half. But uh, Gators do not get much going in the first half. Just <laughs> Now, that guy's a pro. To- that guy is a fucking pro. He's like... Well, I don't know what happened here to Ben Watson and Peter Burns. So, I mean, he made a Will Smith reference. Did Ben Watson slap Peter Burns? Because Ben Watson comes back and is kind of chuckling. Did he smack Peter Burns in the face? I mean, I got to find out more. So if anybody out there can be sleuthing about what occurred here and when, in fact, Peter Burns came back to the broadcast on here or if he came back at all or what the fallout was, I'd love to know because... As I see it, it looks like he said something about like they went to commercial. He goes, "You got to keep my name's what my my wife's name out your fucking mouth," and he dressed him down to the point where he didn't come back. So that's very interesting. I I can't wait to find out more as we move along here. Uh, next up, we have a gentleman who 
Well, it's about Dan Snyder. And if you don't know who Dan Snyder is, he's the worst NFL owner in the history of time. He's got a lot <laughs> of uh, he's got a lot of hinky stuff going on. There's chances that he might be there's, you know, it's basically like the Washington commander's front office and like uh, business is the Catholic church with how much like sex scandals they have and everything else. And there's a federal investigation going on. It cost John Gruden his job last season and it's just ongoing. It's so deep murky waters that they're really, there's a lot happening there that even I'm too dumb to even understand. But as the Washington commanders continue on, they continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake in terms of honoring their fans, honoring their past. And of course, one of the, Biggest players in the history of Commander's lore or Washington football lore is Sean Taylor, who was murdered, of course, in his prime, taken away from us very uh, early, too soon, obviously. And so they've done things to honor Sean Taylor in the past. But this past week, they decided to honor Sean Taylor with a statue. Now, usually when teams put out these statues, of course, in Indianapolis, they have one of Peyton Manning. It's huge. It looks like one that uh, if it was a Confederate soldier, you'd take it down. You know what I'm saying? That kind of <laughs> it's massive. And uh, they're made of stone, you know, and they're outside and they're huge and they get an unveiling ceremony. Well, they decided to unveil a statue of Sean Taylor inside the arena and they did this ceremony and uh well, here it is. I mean, here's a picture of it. And let's just say Shawnee from last week, he wouldn't have even fucked this statue. I mean, it is a mannequin that he was describing as a bad mannequin. Remember how he was telling us you got to go to Forever 21 and get the full mannequin? This isn't even a full mannequin. This is like bars. They made like, uh, this looks like it would be on display at Champs or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's just metal bars with his uniform over them. I mean, if you scroll down, I think there are like closer pictures that you can get a better idea of what we're looking at as far as the, let's see, what what's that, the unveiling? Ooh, let's watch. Ta-da! Let's see how people react. <laughs> Even the crowd, they're like psyched as the, as the, the thing's about to be taken <laughs> off. They're like psyched. They're like, here it comes. Here's the unveiling of the statue. They take the cloth off and people are like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the statue. Is this the statue that's like holding the place for the real statue that's going to come in eventually? Like people are looking at it like, the fuck is that? Are, are you just like, is that a display for his uniform being on sale? <laughs> I mean, are we at a, a fucking... Dick Sporting Goods? What the fuck is that? Like I said, this mannequin isn't even a good mannequin. It's not even one that Shawnee would have fucked. He wouldn't even he would see that and he wouldn't even think twice about fucking it. He you know? So let's see what look at here. There's the feet. Is that the feet down there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just like look at it. It's just cleats on like a a mannequin foot with like a pole holding it up. I mean it's so bad. Keep scrolling. Does it get into like its neck and shit? It's the wrong cleats too. Yeah. What do you mean? They're they're World Cup Adidas World Club World <laughs> Cup cleats. I didn't even see that. Yeah. They're soccer cleats. They're soccer cleats. Oh my god, Dan Snyder, you should be ashamed of yourself. Awful socks sticking up out. I mean, it's if hard I'm to see. If I'm Sean but... Taylor's family, I'm like, just take it down. Just fuck it. There it is, like uh, 
like or what is this like an action shot do they have this someplace else uh, this is this this display outside of a suburban Maryland office park of a Washington player blocking a punt from the Dallas Cowboys. This is just some random. Some guy made this. Some guy made this, and it's better. It's That's better. actually better than yeah. fucking the Sean Taylor mannequin. Keep scrolling, see if there's more pictures. We have the picture here. Like, get a good look at it. There's the so like, can you get on its face? Because there is no face. Yeah, there's no face. It's just his uniform with a helmet on it. It's not an honor to Sean. You could put any uniform on there. That's ridiculously sad. Ugh. Prior to Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons, the Washington Commanders unveiled a new tribute to beloved safety Sean Taylor, who was murdered on the same date back in 2007. However, the tribute to Taylor fell woefully short of the mark, and Commanders fans are not happy. The quote-unquote statue of Taylor looks more like a mannequin that the Commanders pulled out of a team store at FedEx Field, and beyond that, the setup is filled with mistakes that were quickly pointed out. As you said, the cleats, not exactly right. And we also have the moment. Oh, my Lord. What do the tweets of criticism say? Any of note? Less than zero effort put into this by the fighting Dan Snyders. What an embarrassment. Sean Taylor deserved better. He sure did. Uh, somebody else said, took the display from a sports authority from 2005. <laughs> my references were better than that, guys. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, uh, it is, it, to think as a person who runs an organization that is constantly shit on for how bad it's run, you would think you would get something as easy as that, a slam dunk like that, correct, at the end of the day. But let us, uh, before we get into... I, I would also like oh, to point yes. out that they, they named a road uh, after Taylor. It's is it the, a good road? It's the one where the porta potties are set up. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like they're doing it on purpose. They're trying to shit on t Sean Taylor. And it's not like Sean Taylor, by the way, was murdered in some nefarious, like, oh, he was at a nightclub doing something crazy. Like, he was getting it mixed up with the wrong people. It was a home invasion. Like, a person broke into his house to rob it and killed him. You know? So, I mean, it's just, oh, God, the poor fucking guy. But before we continue on with the sports, because I want to get into some of the World Cup action, I want to let you know that the Josh Potter Show this week is brought to us by Private Internet Access. So I want to tell you about one of the best VPNs out there right now and easily one of the most affordable ones that I've ever seen. It's PIA, Private Internet Access. That's what it stands for, and they take privacy seriously. Not only does PIA hide your IP address, it encrypts your entire connection. And, I mean, I love this because I travel so much on the road, I'm in a different city all the time, and oftentimes I wish my phone was in the same city, if you catch my drift, whether it be <laughs> to watch something on television, maybe gamble on sports, these types of things. It's so easy to use that I feel safe and secure knowing PIA is protecting me from online hacks. That's the other thing. If my phone ever got uh, broken into or my computer ever got broken into, I'm so dumb, I'm... I am absolutely screwed, like in many, many ways. My bank account's gone. I'm talking all kinds of stuff, online shopping. So I'm so happy that private Internet access is protecting me, hiding my IP address, and encrypting my Internet connection so that I'm in control of the data, not anybody else. All you have to do is connect to a VPN server. Private Internet access offers fast servers in over 80 countries and every United States state there is. And it's super easy, plus PIA 
works with all major streaming services, so you can access content from anywhere in the world. Private Internet Access has user-friendly apps for all operating systems, one click, and you don't have to worry about anything anymore. So right now, all you got to do is go to piavpn.com slash josh and you're going to get a whopping 82% off your VPN service. Plus, you're going to get four months free with a two-year plan. Unbelievable. So it comes around to like two bucks a month, and you can't beat that, my friend. There's only a 30, or there's also a 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not into it. So again, that's piavpn.com slash josh for 82% off private internet access. piavpn.com slash josh. And going on in the world right now, also in the sports world, big stuff, big time stuff happening. And on the day this comes out, the United States will be taking on Iran in the World Cup. And I thought something interesting before I get into the um, the other stuff, because I want to talk about all the stuff going on in Qatar. What a fucking dumb place to have a soccer <laughs> tournament. But, you know, money talks. But God, I, I, and if there's any roaches out there listening who are in Qatar watching the World Cup, or if they know anybody, get me linked. I would love to talk to just the average person who went there to watch what's going on, especially an American, because we love going to sporting events, having a beer, getting raucous. If you do any of that shit there, you're like going to fucking jail. But the United States on this day, and I hope if we better fucking beat Iran. I mean, if we lose to Iran, we should let them build nukes. I mean... We best not lose to Iran, but it's amazing. A uh, you know because here's here's what's kind of nuts: the commercials for the Iran United States game. It's like USA versus Iran, and it's just so weird to see because it's like this is one of the axis of evil or what you know what I mean. <laughs> That'd be like looking up something from the '40s, and it'd be like the Nazis versus the Americans in a soccer match, and we'd you know what I mean. It just looks strange. Uh, especially with everything going on in Iran at the moment with the the women and everything like that. But during a press conference, the U.S. men's team coach was up there giving his press conference, talking about the match coming up against Iran. His name is uh, Greg Berhalter. An Iranian reporter asked uh, Greg Berhalter why he hasn't asked the U.S. Navy to move ships from around Iran. Imagine that. You know what would happen if a U.S. reporter asked the Iranian coach, like, why don't you let women show their fucking face? You know, or why don't you let women fuck once in a while or drive a car or whatever? You know what I mean? People would be up in arms. They'd be like, oh, that's uh, anti-Muslim that you're doing that. So it's just crazy that evidently the Iranian reporter thinks that uh, Greg Berhalter is not only the coach of the U.S. men's national team, he's also... uh, you know, director of operations for the Navy, evidently. Why would he know the answer to that? Why haven't you asked the U.S.? Because I'm a soccer coach, you fucking dipshit. Yeah, so, I mean, like, people have been writing in hilarious responses, and, uh, like, a guy a guy retweeted it, and he's like, hey, man, we can't even get him to play Geo. I'm going to fucking, like, what are we talking? He's notorious. Like, someone else, uh, where's the one that was really funny? Oh, this is from Feedy Banter on Twitter. It was like, well, Greg is notoriously hesitant to make subs, so my guess is those ships will be out there until at least the 80th minute. Lots of soccer jokes, folks, but Qatar, what a weird place. And, and so, like, these stadiums, if you've been watching any of it, they don't have roofs. You know, they're not in a dome. And you would think, like, oh, isn't it scorching hot there? It's a fucking Middle East 
It's got to be so hot. They have air conditioners blowing into them. You know, they talk about like, oh, we're all environmentalists and blah, 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 blah. The biggest soccer tournament on the planet is just blowing air conditioning into open air. It's hilarious. Just blasting it. Not one peep. And then Rob pointed this out, and he mentioned it before the show, and I've been noticing it too. Qatar is running ads for, like, tourism. Like, come to Qatar, we're a... And they, like, have this... Is this, like, a guy? Imagine being the guy that has to read that script, like, with a straight fucking face about how Qatar is... Oh, come on by Qatar, we're fun. You know what's crazy I read, too, is that camels are, like... Imagine, like, you know, they had the World Cup here in L.A. Ubers would be tough to come by, and they'd probably be very expensive. Camel rides are like that, in, and you'd think that's a joke. It's not. People are going out on... The camels are tired, folks. They don't want to carry anybody anymore. They're doing, you know, like the novelty camel rides. Come visit Qatar. It's like the most American voice you've ever heard in your life. It's strange, though. Uh, the venues also, they don't have beer. Here's what's uh, some, some happenings. This is sent in from Hannah, a Roach reporter out there. Hosts Qatar are pressuring FIFA to stop the Budweiser sales being sold near the venues. And they did do that, by the way. They put all the Budweiser sales in a tent far away from the venues. So there's like a beer tent. And the beer is, by the way, Bud Zero. So it's like not even real beer. How many Bud Zeros? I would like to do maybe like if the United States gets past the group stage, I would like to do a test how many Bud Zeros it would take me to get drunk. How many do you think I'd have to do? Are they non-alcoholic or are they just like zero carb or something? Non-alcoholic. Oh, like infinite? Well, I mean, (laughs) because here's the thing. Non-alcoholic beer has a small amount of alcohol in it because it has to. It's got like- But so does orange juice. I guess that's true. I think true. it's just so low that you would piss out the everything li- the as liquid, I went. Yeah, as you went. Huh. Yeah, I mean, me especially, probably, because, like, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to. I remember my grandpa would drink, like, a thousand O'Doul's <laughs> just all day long, and I'm like, is it got no alcohol? I mean, how much, is he getting drunk off this? Uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, the U-turn goes ahead, the, and Budweiser is unable to sell beer or have any visibility. FIFA will breach its multimillion-dollar contract. Of course, they, they did have some visibility, I suppose. Uh, but it's unknown whether fans will be able to buy beer at matches. Here's what is known. The regular people who just buy tickets cannot buy beer. You know who can? Rich people. And they're like $15 a pop. And I, I did see one guy who was over there. He's like, best $15 I ever fucking spent in my life to get this fucking beer. And they don't want you fucking if you're not married. I don't know how they're policing that, but they're like, don't fuck if you're not married and no gay shit. If you're wearing a rainbow, you got to take it off. They're making people take off. uh, I think it was Wales had some like rainbow sort of imagery with everything. They made them take it off. There was uh, a journalist they wouldn't let into the match because they were wearing a... But nevertheless... It's very strange, and I just wish they would have it in a normal place, you know? And no fucking, not shitting on anybody who lives in Qatar, you know? You live where you live, but it's, with all these rules, I mean, come on. Just having a beer. I don't want to live or go visit a place where I can't just have a beer whenever I want. And that's what makes this country great, if you ask me. But let us get into the news, shall we? We have plenty of Roach reportings that you sent in. Uh, that I'm very appreciative of. Justin M. is just 
going for that Rochi, which, by the way, again, go down into the description, vote for your favorites, and uh, be a part of the award winners when we get to it at the end of the year. But let's get into the news now. And we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Again, thank you to uh, Tom and his family for having me and uh, the rest of the fellas over on Thursday. It was a night. It was just an unbelievable Thanksgiving. The meal was fantastic. OMG Maria cooked it all. It was great. It was fantastic. Some people didn't have such a wonderful Thanksgiving. This sent in by Justin M., as I mentioned. A long-awaited Thanksgiving feast turned into an unimaginable uh, unimaginable nightmare for one New Mexico family after an out-of-town relatives arrived to find the host dismembered and disemboweled. Oh, my Lord. Seems to be like a case of... uh, Of... You'd think I'd have it ready to go. Oh, oh, murder. It's the wrong color. That's why I missed it. (laughs) Nevertheless, what does disemboweled mean? Meaning like their poop is everywhere too? Their bowels are taken out of their stomach. Like so sliced across the stomach and all your... Doesn't that fall under the dismembered category? I think a dismember would be like a limb. Limbs being taken off? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but... I figured dismembered meant like, you know, just scattered about. This Disemboweled, being its own word is something else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they took their bowels out. Why Why would somebody do that? Let's find out here. Family members of Carlin and Connie DeNeo are now left struggling to make sense of how the planned holiday ended with him under arrest for her murder. Uh, the day had seemed to be go. Whoa, that's an interesting turn. So somebody showed up and was like, oh, my Lord. And now they're under arrest. I don't know what that meant, but let's get into it and see if it clears up here. The day had seemed to be going exactly as planned while relatives made their way into the couple's home in Albuquerque Thursday afternoon with Connie discussing plans for Thanksgiving in a group chat with family members. I guess she didn't get a read symbol from uh, certain members, but once the family members arrived in the Dineo's home, they noticed it appeared strangely empty. Prompting a 911 call and a frantic request for a welfare check, the journal reports, after police said they couldn't use force to enter the premises, relatives found their own way in, removing a door from its hinges. Once inside, Carlin Dineo's sister discovered him lying in bed, and his wife, Connie, dismembered on the bedroom floor, police said. Carlin, 62, now faces a murder charge in his wife's death, according to the Bernayo uh, County Metro. So this man was laying in bed with his wife, who was dismembered, and he was just taking a little snoozy? I thought he'd be dead too, right? He di- They discovered him just lying in I thought that meant he died also, but it doesn't. It means that he was just seepies. <laughs> and he's laying there and his wife's all broken apart around him. That's fucking nuts. And then he's like, they walk in the house and he's like, Ugh. huh? Oh, is it Thanksgiving? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. That's fucking nuts. Broken to the Turkey too, too early. Yeah. Well, maybe he thought he was making the Turkey. You know, how you have to take its guts out. Right. I don't know how you'd make a Turkey. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I don't, I've never done it, and I kind of, I made it 36 years, kind of hope I never have to figure it out. That would be really cool. The journal reports that relatives told investigators he was diagnosed with 
frontal temporal dementia just two years ago. <laughs> Isn't that something? This man has fucking got amnesia or whatever the hell you call it. What is it? Alzheimer's? And so that's the way it takes him? Oh, my Lord. Usually it's like they can't remember, where did I put my keys, you know? Or you got him like Joe Biden thinking people that are alive or dead and shit. <laughs> Where's Stephanie? Uh, she's dead, Joe. Oh, where am I? But in this case, the man murdered his wife and dismembered her and disemboweled her. Interesting. It's not clear as of Saturday if he had retained a lawyer. A spokesperson for the Albuquerque Police Department was quoted telling the journal that Danio is currently being treated in a hospital for lacerations, I'd imagine, from his wife uh, trying to defend herself. Rich Cordova, a neighbor, told the news outlet he was stunned by the slang, describing the couple as just nice folks who whom, whom he would least expect to suffer such a fate. He said the couple had two, uh, two grown children, although it wasn't immediately clear if they had shown up for the Thanksgiving dinner and found, uh, you know, the mom all scattered about. Other family members took to social media to express their shock. Oh, yeah, that's what you got to do. I'm so shocked. Where's my Facebook? <laughs> fucking nuts <laughs> this is what somebody wrote so our thanksgiving festivities didn't end at all had we had we all planned that's they can't even write it right <laughs> this is literally so our thanksgiving festivities didn't end at all had we all planned well that's saying it lightly well thanksgiving was a little weird that's a fucking Facebook post. Are you fucking kidding me? One relative wrote on Facebook announcing that Aunt Connie DeNeo was tragically taken from this earth. Please pray for our immediate and extended family and friends during this very difficult time as they try to find peace and comfort in the coming days. Yeah, your uncle ripped her limbs off and took her poop out. That's fucking nuts. I wouldn't go to Facebook. I would have a hard time typing that status. <laughs> Taken from this earth, yeah. It's been, I mean, god damn. Another relative shared an old photo of Connie perching in a tree with two young children. I just picture them going in the house and finding this body. And old uncle, whatever his name is, is like, oh, oh whoa. Then they just go outside and they're all on their phones tweeting about it. Oh, my god. Please pray for, wait, no, I read that one. Uh, so, yeah, relatives shared an old photo of Connie in a tree with two young children. This is how I will always remember my Aunt Connie, not afraid to climb a tree in a dress. Oh, my fucking... I don't even feel bad making fun of this because these people are daffy. <laughs> An unhinged comment. Not afraid to climb a tree in a dress. I won't remember her scattered about her bedroom. The way that I discovered her fucking corpse... Other loved ones mourned Carolyn uh, DeNeo as well, sharing memories of how he was before his diagnoses. So they're like, oh, remember when he had sound mind and didn't rip apart his wife? What a nice guy. In memory of two beautiful people, RIP. The other guy's not dead. He might be gone. My grandma had severe dementia. She was calling 911 and thought people were trying to murder her all the time. I remember I was like, uh, I had just moved back home from college. And I had to have been, I don't know, 20, 21 years old. And it was like three months where I like got back from college or got done with college and was like looking for an apartment. And I stayed at my parents' house and our grandparents always throughout my life lived in, we lived in a duplex where my grandparents were above us. And in the waning days after my grandpa had long died, my grandma was there and she started really like 
being out there to the point where I basically in this, I don't know if other people do this to me, she was dead. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what they're saying in this, but she was still alive, obviously. And she was just doing crazy shit. She was in the, it'd be like 3 AM and I'd be like smoking a bowl in my room, trying to get it. So like my mom doesn't smell weed. Cause I'm like, you know, in her house and she would yell at me. And I'm like, I just want to get high in the driveway or get high in the fucking patio. And all of a sudden there would be police in my driveway. And I'm like, Oh my, you know, you're high. And you're like, are they coming for me? Did my neighbors call the cops on me for smoking weed? And you're like, Oh, and you're like stumbling. turns out my grandma just would call nine one one because she thought a man was trying to murder her, but she didn't rip anybody's limbs off. And she didn't, she certainly didn't take their poop out of their bodies or their bowels. What a thing to do with dementia. You're like, somehow you can't remember like your address, but you know where the bowels are in a human body. What did this man have as his past life? Unbelievable story. But yeah, I don't know if I found my family member dead, especially in such a gnarly way. You wouldn't see me on uh, the, the old Instagram for a while. Let's just put it that way. But moving along in the news, uh, it's also not only Thanksgiving, but Black Friday just happened. And Black Friday has changed. It's not what it once was. Although it is coming back, I was sort of inspired and happy and kind of elated that they were saying it's the busiest year since COVID. People are getting back out there again. Online shopping has done a lot to curb Black Friday as well. Many people not sleeping outside for that television set any longer. And also, but the, the the shitty part is, and I'm not saying that I'm sad that it's waning because I'm indeed fond of Black Sh- Friday shopping. I am fond of the violence that occurs because of Black. I love the videos of stampedes in a Target. I love a guy getting his head bashed in at a Best Buy when he reaches for a stereo. Those things just scream, you know, how, you know Christmas is coming when you see those types of videos. And lately, because of the pandemic and because of online shopping, it just hasn't been the case. And you can even see here, we've got a bit of a graph here, 2021 being the final year that it has on this death count thing. But if you notice, it's not as prevalent as it was in past years. Even 2020, look at during the pandemic, there was just one thing. And, you know, this is another thing that I'm sad about with all these mass shootings. Now they're just getting lumped into Black Friday death tolls. People are just showing up to a target and being like, you know what I'm saying? Like or a Walmart or whatever the case may be in the most. I can't even keep them straight anymore. But that's not Black Friday stuff. That's mass shooting stuff. It's not the same thing. They can't count that. You know what I'm saying? As Black Friday violence. If the person isn't killing the other person over a stereo or over a Bluetooth speaker or whatever the case may be nowadays, a computer, then it shouldn't count in the death toll. But what does it say there, Rob? Seventeen, Only 17 deaths since what, 2006? I think the earliest deaths they have here are 2006, and then the most recent ones are 2021, yeah, and so it's that's, been 17 deaths. That's not that many, you know? And uh, like I said, I think if they start counting the mass shooting things, they're going to go up and up and up and up and up. But boy, oh boy, I'm just I'm nostalgic for a time when people used to bash each other's heads in uh, just to get a, you know, 20 percent off on something. I miss it. So if you find any videos out there, folks, or you know anything locally in your hometown where that occurred, do send it in. Josh Potter show at Gmail dot com is where you can go and send those things. in. now I was watching local news of my own. 
And boy, oh boy, this just was so bizarre. Local news, you would think here in Los Angeles, would be the top tier local news. Cream of the crop. Second biggest television market in the country. But it's really no different than any other city in this world. And local news is getting so bad and just so low rent. Because I don't know who's watching it. And if people are, they're old or... I really don't know who's watching it at all. And I don't know who it's made for. And I doubt that their budgets are big. And so they've got kind of like, you know, just people slapping shit together. And so I watched uh, a local news story and uh, I was... My ears perked up because it involved Jay Leno, who had a crazy accident. He, you know, he likes, he's got all his cars. He's got like 200 cars or whatever the fuck. And he goes and he like changes the oil on them because he likes to like tinker with them and shit. So he was like tinkering with one car and there was evidently a fire and he had burns on his face and on his chest and his arms and everything like that. And he's okay now. And here's a story about him returning to the stage. Back in action, the comedian and TV personality returned to the stage in Hermosa Beach tonight, two weeks after suffering serious burns in a garage fire. So this leads off the news. I mean, it went from like Sunday night football, boom, 11 o'clock news or whatever. And that was the thing that they led off with. So let's hear this package that they put together for Jay Leno returning to Hermosa Beach. And by the way, the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, I've never performed at. I don't think I ever will. Uh, and I don't think I'm like handicapping my career here by saying that I won't don't think I ever will it's just it's not my uh style you know what I mean there's I think you got to be relatively clean to work there and I can't go in there and talk about jizz for 20 minutes you know what I mean I just I don't think it's going to happen so I don't think I'm like talking tales out of school by saying I'm never going to probably perform at this club but uh let's just say a lot of blue hairs show up there but let's see. Let's see this package of Jay. Jay Leno goes there all the time. By the way, he goes. I think he lives near there, so it's like his place where he fucks around. So let's hear. He two weeks after his burns, he's hitting the stage again. Guy can't. Jay stop. Leno back in the saddle, just two weeks after getting significantly burned in his garage in Burbank. And this comedian, he did not miss a beat. He walked into the club cracking jokes. You got two shows tonight, regular and extra crispy. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's bringing it. You're bringing it. Never thought of myself as a roast comic. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Good night. Pause it real quick. So, the guy, uh, this pa- <laughs> when you're making these packages, you just got to get clips. You got to get some sound. So, like, they're like, oh, they're, let's get Jay walking into the club. He's making his Jay Leno jokes. Some dildo on the side is like, oh, who's that fucking asshole? I wish they showed him. It better be one of Jay's friends. Because if this is just some guy doing that, I'm turning around and I'm punching him in the face if I'm Jay Leno. I mean, he's a mensch. He's a class act. He wouldn't do that. But it's not like anybody around him laughed at those jokes. And and that guy really just goes, oh, he's bringing it. I would have been like, what are you doing, man? You gotta. <laughs> why are you being such a prick? You're like fucking kneecapping me right now. So weird. And then the package just keeps being weird and nonsensical. Here's they talk about the sold out crowd. Jay Leno looking and feeling good tonight. He took the stage at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach to a sold out crowd. This is Leno's first show since he was. Why are they doing him dirty like that? They're like, here's the sold out crowd. It just shows a bunch of if you're listening at home, it just shows a line of old people out the door, like just fucking slowly muddling into the club. (laughs) 
It's just like it doesn't look like the most. The yeah, it doesn't look like the most vibrant crowd <laughs> that's going there. All like, oh, go go watch Jay. In fact, they interviewed um, some of the people after the show, and this is so weird too. Like, this is my point. In LA, you think you're gonna have the best reporters on local news. And again, it's like this woman just was like, all right, we got one person talking. Let's move on. Listen to this guy and this fucking idiot who uh, gets interviewed by the news. It's like he you could tell, like, I don't I don't recognize him as a comic, but something tells me maybe he's a comedian (laughs) and he's like trying to like or he just fancies himself a funny guy. And he's like, I'm going to make a joke on the news. So let's hear it. This is what the guy says. They ask him, you're like, how was Jay Leno? Are you looking forward to, the, I think it was before the show. Are you looking forward to seeing Jay Leno? And this is what the guy responds with. Hopefully Jay will like, have us over after for a couple of drinks and we'll hang out. You know, if he's, if he's feeling up for it, yeah. Right? Show off his cars. I'm into it. <laughs> right. Just glad he's back on stage. Jay Leno's never going to have you at his fucking house, you creep. Look at this fucking psychopath. Hopefully Jay has me out. This is the guy that shows up. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with showing up to comedy clubs alone. But this is the guy that shows up alone. And then eventually the club has to put this guy's mugshot in the box office so they don't sell him tickets anymore. I hope Jay invites me back to his house. Oh, yeah? Do ya? Fucking idiot. I don't know. That guy... And Why would you even put that in the package? What does that lend to the story at the end of the day? Here's some more people that they talk to, though. It's going to be exciting to see what, uh, what he's going to say. You know what oh, they say? It? That comedy is <laughs> tragedy plus time. So we'll see. We'll see what? What are we seeing? <laughs> We'll see. Like, they're acting like he's going to go up there and it's like he's going to suck now that his face was. He doesn't even look like the burns are on his face anymore. We saw him earlier. He looks fine. He looks like he's probably got some pain or something, you know. It is crazy that it's been two weeks and he's jumping back up there. But, like, th- that, what do they expect's going to happen? Oh, they say comedy is tragedy plus time, so we'll see. See what? He's going to go do jokes. He'll probably make a couple burn jokes and you'll laugh because you're adult. And then that'll be the end of it. <laughs> So is there uh, so now? okay? so I'm watching. I'm like, what a weird way to start the news. And then it cuts immediately into a breaking story. You want to know the story they followed the Jay Leno coming back to the stage story with? Check this out. We did catch up with the comedian on his way out of the club. We also talked to some of the fans about his show. We'll have more on that coming up at 11 o'clock. Live in Hermosa Beach, I'm Darsha Phillips, NBC4 News. We'll see you then, Darsha. Thank you. We're following breaking news right now in a triple homicide investigation in Riverside. Police are now revealing that a 28-year-old law enforcement officer traveled from Virginia to Riverside to meet a teen girl he'd met online. He then murdered the girl's mom and her grandparents before setting their house on fire what like oh jay leno's back here at hermosa beach with the yucks let's go back into the studio thank you darsha great news breaking story right now i mean the twists and turns of that one a man traveled from virginia to riverside california to meet a girl that he had met online that was underage and then murders her parents (laughs) like lights the house on fire let's see what this menacing man this monster let's see what he looks like 
That man has been identified <laughs> as Austin Lee Edwards. Detectives say Edwards worked for the Washington County Sheriff's Office in the state of Virginia. Mark Winnick, his wife Sherry, and their daughter Brooke were all found dead inside their home Friday following a fire. Their cause of death is still under investigation. The fire authorities say appears though to have been intentionally set. Detectives say Edwards formed an online relationship Pause with a teenager. Time. He then trapped. I mean, I think I'm not a fighter and I'm not strong and I'm, you know, a pussy for the most part. But I think I could murder this fucking guy if he came at me. Look at this dork. This is the guy. I would fucking if this guy came into my house, I'd stab him in the face. I mean, this little dweeb. Are you kidding me? This is the guy, the big monster. I mean, that is the most fucked up story I've ever heard. And then they cut to this weirdo's face. And I'm like, I would have just, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe he's big. They don't really tell how big he is. Maybe he's just a big guy. But what a fucking wild story. And so it ends, I mean, scroll back just a little bit. Because it's like, he kills the parents, or the family, as they mentioned. Lights the house on fire after killing them. And then leads the police on a chase with the teenage girl in his car into the desert. Go ahead. Let's see. The cause of death is still under investigation. The fire authorities say appears though to have been intentionally set. Detectives say Edwards formed an online relationship with a teenager. He then tracked down where she lived. I videoed this from Virginia. Sorry, pause it again. I videoed this and I was so high when I was watching this that every time they showed that guy's face, I laughed. (laughs) not laughing at the tragedy i'm laughing at what this fucking moron looks like go back again because i want to hear the the conclusion just go back a little bit there you go from virginia to riverside that is when detectives say he killed the teen's mother and grandparents before kidnapping her edwards was killed by san bernardino county sheriff's deputies after a chase that ended in the desert outside of baker the teenage girl was unharmed and is now in protective custody there are a lot of new details still coming in on this case bet, and our dude. team will be working through the night to bring you new information on today in la starting at 4 a.m lolita wow do you think that anchor was sitting there during the whole Jay Leno story, and he's like, (sighs) (laughs) (sighs) I gotta go. I mean, he's reading that prompter. He's like, okay. He's like gearing up for it. He's not even hearing the Jay Leno story. And then they cut to him, and he's like, all right, here we go. And he's got to deliver all of that in more or less. I mean, that was in like less than a minute that he had to pump that out there. Why wasn't that the lead story? We really were like, Jay Leno's back? Oh, boy. Hear ye, hear ye. Top of the news. And, like, then it cuts to this story is insane. This is like a fucking Dateline episode. Lead with the murder of the family. I mean, good golly. But local news is just... I got to start watching it again because these packages are out of control. And how they shove them together like that. The juxtaposition was just... Oh, bon appetit unbelievable nevertheless folks do send in your i mean if you have one because i can't watch every fucking city's local news you know how many hours in the day do i have so if you have one please send it in because these things they're not even paying attention anymore to what they're putting out there they're just filling time it's absolutely incredible the terror i call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers Thank you. Now watch this drive. Thank you again to DJ every day for this 
fine calming instrumental that he sent in to josh potter show at gmail.com that's where you can send in everything that you'd like to send in and uh, remember we're voting on the Rochis right now. The description right below, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening on whatever it is that you listen on, go to the description, find the link, start a voting, because we're going to have the results during the holidays, right between Christmas and right between New Year's there. And in the meantime, also go over to my Instagram at Josh underscore Potter or my Twitter at J underscore Potter. And please to be buying tickets to see me in my hometown, Buffalo, New York at Helium Comedy Club. And keep your eyes there, too, because more dates going to be announced for 2023 once the new year goes by. And then also in the new year, I am gearing up. I am buying equipment. I am buying decorations. We are getting the stream room set up in my old apartments. And I am excited, baby. Twitch is going to come back with a vengeance. Patreon is going to escalate. And if you want to get involved now, twitch.tv slash Josh underscore Potter or patreon.com slash the Josh Potter show. Next week, we'll have Jeremiah Watkins here. Can't wait to have him. And we will see you next Tuesday right here on the Josh Potter show. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>